Thank you for downloading this special edition of the Bedtime Babylon podcast. My name's Kai Valentine. Along with Hayden Beckett, we host the only late-night phone-in on student radio. Now, what we usually do is every Sunday release a special two-hour edition of the podcast with highlights and our favourite calls from the past week of shows. However, we're doing things a little bit different today, as Thursday's show featured a long, frank and important discussion about sexual abuse, the harassment of women and the importance of men listening to these experiences and acting to change it through not normalising it and accepting that behaviour from your friends. Hayden and I realised early on that as the discussion continued, it wasn't our place to lead and we'd much rather listen. Uh, So we handed the show over to our call screener, Molly, who spoke openly about her own experiences. We didn't just want to cut this down into a short, snappy clip to be mixed in with the Sunday compilation of chats about your favourite curries and callers doing bad impressions of Lilo and Stitch. We wanted to give it the time and platform that it deserves, and hope to continue these conversations further as the weeks go on even when they stop trending on Twitter. The following is an uncut discussion taken from the 11pm hour of the Bedtime Babylon on Thursday, the 11th of March. What I wanted to ring up about, and I wasn't sure if this was a little bit too heavy, um, but what struck me this week is we have had, I think on Monday we had International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. And on next Sunday we've got Mother's Day. And one would think, would one not, that this was a week in which we could really, honestly, as as blokes, and I don't mean to kind of compartmentalise things, but as blokes, to to really celebrate, you know, the the women and the influential women and the women we value in our lives, generally. And what we've done is we've we've taken International Women's Day, and then on Tuesday, um, the media, other than you guys, the media of this country have ripped apart a woman, uh, and then on Wednesday what we had was a murder inquiry that resulted in the right-leaning side of social media kind of doing everything to distance themselves between any from any kind of responsibility for it. Um, yeah. And what I've seen has been um, my personal social media echo chamber has been as exactly as supportive of this stuff as I would expect it to be. Um, and then a number of the kind of right, right, writer-leaning accounts that I've got to follow for, for research for various kind of writing projects that I do. Um, I keep seeing this hashtag, this not all men hashtag. And it's really, really ground down on me. Um, and that was my motivation for ringing up was just, just to kind of, not to get on a soapbox, but just to, just to raise this issue of why uh, we seem to be having repeatedly, we have issues that are affecting women, that us as men are kind of doing everything we can to distance ourselves from. And it struck me that if we expend like a quarter of the energy that we're spending in kind of distancing ourselves from these issues, if we ploughed a quarter of that energy into tackling these issues, I think the you know the issues in general, we might come out of it a little bit better. Yeah, no, I I I one hundred percent agree with you, and I'm really glad that you've you've called up and have this conversation because I've been I've been waiting to have this conversation this past week um but you know you've got to wait for the right moment and someone to call up and and talk about it and yeah it is one of those strange things i tried to i spoke about this briefly on tuesday that i tried to come off of twitter um on on tuesday because i was just getting it was it it, it just wasn't feeling good like listening to and i I don't mean the people talking about their experiences i mean when when we're talking about like megan markle and the whole piers morgan situation and this is the problem is you you end up in your own little echo chamber like you say and then you click on a on a tweet that's been mentioned by someone so it shows up on your feed and then you look at the replies 
and I always get bogged down in the replies and I see these accounts and these people who, you know, may or may not be real. Um <laughs> just throwing such it's hard to find the words. I know what words I would use if this was just a conversation on the phone and not live on a radio that's off-com broadcast. But it's true, and it's disgusting. And this whole not all men hashtag that's going around over the last few days is is even worse. You know, the fact that it just it disappoints me. And it disappoints me, and it feels like it should be something that men shouldn't be having the you know we shouldn't be hiding away from and and not talking about and saying oh well it's not our problem uh or you know or not all men are like this the fact is is that and i saw this being so you know someone said this earlier on so i am kind of you know quoting them is that if nine out of ten men sit back and know that one man is is like that but don't do anything then then there's no point those nine men being good because they've sat back and they've let their mate do it and mm. it's 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 disgusting and it upsets me and and yeah that's i mean that's where i sort of stand but yeah i think the it's the but same I... kind of people who are saying not all men who said white lives matter um as well they're kind of making it about something that it isn't if you know what I mean, I it's like well, right. it's like it's like well, it's not well, it's not me. I don't do that. Well, nobody's no. nobody's no nobody's said it anything about you. It's not about you. It's about there's a wider issue. Yeah, we're so keen to kick in with this this disclaimer. This you know we we, we we're obsessed with um, and I say we and I don't I don't necessarily mean to speak for all men, but I do think it is an issue that we we collectively need to address because like you say, it's fine to go not all men, you know. I know that I don't do that kind of thing. You know, we, you know, we all know. But sooner or later, we're going to come to the point where the men that do it are going to be known to some of us. Mm. And I didn't really, I thought that I knew the extent of this. And I thought um, that as, you know, I'm a 38-year-old straight white man. Um, I'm. I thought that, you know, I'm fully aware of how, privileged I am and I do use that word and it doesn't matter what Lawrence Fox or um, Toby what's his face or any of these people say you know we do need to recognize that we are in a privileged category because even where I live in a very safe very picturesque little part of the world if I choose what is it now quarter to midnight if I choose to go for a walk now for an hour around the village where I live and back home I can do that I can stick my headphones in I can go safe in the knowledge that I'm going to be absolutely fine I've only really, like, I, I've always been aware of the kind of issues that women face. It was only in the last couple of days I've realised the extent to which they need to plan and strategize and team up and, you know, the, the logistics that, that women need to just to go out. And then what we've seen from, in the last couple of days, we've seen from, from right-wing commentators, we've seen from men, we've seen from women advocating you know well maybe maybe women shouldn't maybe we should just shouldn't go out after dark and it's like is this really where we're at is this this kind of you know 19th century uh archaic kind of thing where really the best we can do to protect 50 percent of the population is to advocate that they don't go outside after dark and it's just it's absolutely mind-boggling and then you get people like sean bailey who was standing up and genuinely think that they're candidates for mayor of London. And they prefix what they say with, as a father and a husband. And you're like, well, hang on. And I, you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I've got a four-year-old daughter. And the idea that um, prior to 2016, when my daughter was born, or 2009, when I got married, were they the points where I started giving a damn about women you know the, the idea that you can go well actually now I, I can identify with these people now that i'm you know personally associated with them or do i want to say well actually I've, I've i've been the father of a son for longer than that now my son's seven years old he's fantastic i love him to pieces i would it would break my heart to think that he would ever behave 
in a way that I would find inappropriate towards a woman or a girl or anything like that. But, you know, this kind of stuff starts at a very low level and it needs to be addressed. And it's not about teach your daughters. It is about teach your daughters to keep themselves safe, but it shouldn't be about that. It should be about, you know, teach teach your daughters that there's a threat, but by God, teach your sons not to be that threat. I saw Daniel Sloss earlier, an old clip of his going around on Twitter, um, where it was basically the the main point of it was, men, talk to your guy friends, talk to them, and don't sit by if you have worries about them being in that sort of... uh, I'm trying to find the right words to describe it, but predator position, and in 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 a if you if you if you think that they're being a bit dodgy, a bit creepy, or any kind of level like that, then just you need to call it out more. And and yeah, it's probably yeah. something that you know what I've I've been thinking about the last few days is I've probably um I've probably missed those points in the past. Like I've been at music festivals with friends and not friends that I were, you know, I wouldn't even say that they were very close friends, but I've been at music festivals with friends and I've heard them talk about women in certain ways and didn't, didn't do anything about it. And I have sat there and thought about, and I guess at the time I would think, well, that's, you know, I'm not like that. And that's, you know, about personal responsibility um, so that so I've done my bit because I'm not going out and talking about women like that and thinking about how you would approach women like that and that's enough and yeah. I think that I think that any sort of I don't think it makes me a, a bad person to sort of regret and and to accept now that I've probably not done enough in the past when I've heard people talking about women in certain ways but but I think that it's a, a learning it's definitely a learning journey, which is an awful phrase I don't I, like I, using. I don't think it's I don't think it's about what you might what you could have done or what you yeah, should exactly. have done in the past. I think it's about what you do from now on, really. Exactly. But that's it, it's not about beating yourself up for for anything. Yeah. It it's about, you know, and like you say, Hayden, it's it's just you know, it's a case of and like you say, I've I've been around this stuff I've, I said I'm 38, and it's only in the last couple of days. And I, it's not the fact that I wasn't aware of it. I thought I was aware of it, but I have mm. spent on um, the kind of Twitter accounts that I have to follow for, for research. I'm, the, the stuff that I'm reading is, you know, your whole kind of victim blaming, and it's this, and it's that, and it's dismissive, and it's derogatory, and it's just, it's just insane. The thing that um, the thing that the thing that sort of catches me is when someone that you're really close to, um, that you've been close to for a while, and like people that you work with, talk about their own experiences, and you. That's when it sort of clicked with me and gone, oh god! Like I thought I knew what the situation was. I thought I understood yeah. like to the extent that it was. But like for example, there's a colleague of ours at Spark who's tweeted about this today, but I'm not going to give her name out because I haven't spoken to her about, you know, this. But she said, uh, I start work at three AM at a job that I live twenty minutes away from, uh, but in the time that I've worked there, I've paid so much, probably hundreds of pounds for taxis, um, just to be safe. And I see men who work there just walking in. Uh she said that's all. Yeah. And and that to me, and I went, crap! I've I've I never thought of it like that. The fact that like that, and, it, I think and that's it's what, so close that's, to home. This is this is it, and it's just the the fact that you you suddenly realise the amount of you know you and me. If we want to go somewhere, we'll put our shoes yeah. on and we'll be off. You know, they have to go like the same. But you know, my my wife works a, a ten minute walk up the road, and. Um, she will walk in at whatever time in the morning. The difference between whether she has headphones in listening to music is the difference between whether it's daylight or not. Because yeah. I can say, you know, you know, she's in the RAF, she's um, more than capable of looking after herself. You know, she's trained in this. She's a former judo champion, all the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. 
But if you come be- come up behind her when she's not expecting it, that's still that's you know that's no contest. Um, and it's not even so much about the you know this this kind of abhorrent um, victim blaming. Well, she shouldn't have been doing this. She shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been wearing that. There was a situation a couple of years ago where uh, one of our best mates um, had recently moved to a place where she didn't know anybody. It was just her and her son, uh, who was four at the time. Um, she just moved into a house, and it was supposed to be this fantastic new start for her. She invited a handyman of some description round to do some work in her house, and he assaulted her. And that wasn't her. No, under, under no circumstances could she have been deemed to be putting herself at risk. She googled a guy. She googled a handyman. You know, and and it, I think that's the thing is that that's the kind of the assumption from from men like that is that. It's the arrogance of it's not a sneaky thing. It's not a kind of chancing a thing. You know, you're plucking a name out of the yellow pages and somebody walks into the house bold as brass and will do that. Without, Unfortunately, he did end up facing consequences. But, you know, this is the sense of entitlement that, that, that I think women have just grown up um, expecting to have to deal with. You know, what shoes do you wear when you go out on a night out? Not because you want to look nice or feel good, but because you might have to run away. Are you carrying your keys because you might need them between your fingers? You know, this is this is absolutely crazy stuff, and I'm, I'm weighing on about it. But this, it, literally, even though I thought I was really, really tuned into this stuff, it's only the last couple of days, I've realized I'm not, and I need to I need to up my game. We all need to up our game, and we all need to, let's say, um, call this stuff out. I was gonna. That was sort of gonna be my next question to you. Obviously, um, this has sort of affected you a lot over the last few days, and it's been sat on your mind. What What's it gonna do for you? What What's in What sort of like? I know it's probably something that it's gonna take you know a little bit longer than a couple of days to sort of work out exactly because there's there's no answer. There's no easy answer for what we can do to do like a quick a quick fix for this. But what's sort of in your mind that you're going in my personal life um, and how I act? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this in mind and change. I'm gonna ask. Um, I think that's what it comes down to because I think women yeah. have had enough of being told what we're gonna do for them because yeah. that hasn't flipping worked so far. Um, <laughs> I am gonna make a point, and I know um, I'm really proud of the women I know. Um, and that's that, that was kind of a dumb thing to say because it sounds a bit condescending. But I've spent I spent a number of years as a stay-at-home dad, so most of the women that I met were in the context of you know my friends because we were co-parenting and we were doing all this. Um, and I think maybe assuming me to for me to assume what I can do for them is disingenuous. The best thing I can do is go to them and go, look, what can we do? Because yeah. It's a bit of a kick in the nuts for us sometimes when we say, right, let us know what we can do. And we have to sit there and take it. And we have to say, we have to, you know, we have to, um, when we're being told that we need to do this, we need to say this, we need to stop doing this, because it's just so hardwired for centuries. Um, I I had this conversation. Men don't with like a... being told what to do. And, and we need yeah. to sit back. And I don't really give a damn if it means that we are, inverted commas with my fingers woke or virtue signaling or any of these other nonsensical phrases that men are making up to distance themselves from their responsibilities you know we need to we need to listen first and foremost we need to listen and it's all well and good to say well okay if we're walking behind a woman at night we need to kind of go oh just coming behind you just crossing the road to avoid you kind of thing but this is already these are these are little steps we need to we need to address the entire culture and the only way we're going to do that it's by asking the people that it's affecting. And, and historically, we've not done that. It's This has been a patriarchal society for centuries. you know. So we, we just need to realise that now, after thousands of years, we need to sit back and listen. Uh, now, before we, we skip the news, by the way, um, simply yeah. because we were having such an important conversation with with Ben that I just I didn't want it to end. I'm not going to lie. Uh, obviously, we would love to talk to more callers, but it was it was such a 
a deep and um, important conversation, but it was also a conversation that I feel like um, we we can only take so far with yeah. our on our own. So I do want to bring in Molly now. Molly, are you there? Hi. Yeah. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I can hear you. How, how are you? First of all. Well, it's um, I'm. Does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, let me say first before we, you know, before we jump into what is going to be a very, you know, important conversation. As I keep reiterating, um, congratulations on this evening, um, getting elected as the Sunderland Students Union LGBTQ plus officer. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Congratulations. You I was, I was very excited to be. I was very excited to be elected. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an honour. <laughs> now, on to other d- discussions, and it, it's difficult to find the right way to start these kind of conversations, but I do kind of just want to throw it straight out there. D- with everything on social media over the last couple of days, and obviously the the news that's you know come out today, um, how, how, how are you feeling about it all? Well, um, I... I've, I... I don't. I never want to like sort of belittle other people's experiences by like when I talk about my personal experience, I can be quite dramatic about it, and I know that I do that. Um, so you know, this is not me belittling anyone. But so I have therapy on a Tuesday, and I we're at the stage in my therapy where we're talking about my past trauma with ex boyfriends and. Um, just traumatic experiences in general and a lot of that does revolve around um sexual harassment and um things along that line things worse than that um because i don't know how much i, I don't know how much i'm allowed to say on ofcom radio no, you about can talk, this no, kind of I, thing you can so talk you about yeah these are your experiences say what you want molly okay so uh, quite a few moments in my life I've either been sexually harassed or assaulted like actually assaulted or worst case scenario I've been raped a couple of times and I am quite open about it on sort of social media and stuff but we've got to a point in my therapy where we're talking about that we're we're, you know unraveling that what it means for me now what how it affects my life now um and I was sort of I did some mindfulness exercises at the end of my therapy session and I sort of brought myself into the room and I thought I'm going to practice some self-care this week I'm going to look after myself because it's a heavy thing to think about it's a heavy thing to revisit and then the Sarah Everard stuff happened yeah. and I feel like I haven't been at peace since um which is awful because obviously you read about you read about what's happened to Sarah, Sarah and then you read all the replies and the quote tweets and the posts about other lady, other women's experiences and you think about your own and then you think about all the messages people have told you um, about how to stay safe. Like obviously you guys were talking about the headphones thing um which is is an absolute one it's you know i don't go anywhere with my headphones if it's even slightly dark um i don't think i said without i meant with i'd like i don't put headphones on when it's dark is what i was trying to say um but even sort of i read a thing about how women will tuck their hair into their back into the back of their jackets to stop them from getting grabbed um, and the reason why a lot of us wear crossbody bags is so that it can't get sort of stolen because obviously you're worried about your stolen stuff and as you're stalling, worried about your stolen stuff, that's when you're more likely to get attacked. People, I've seen videos of people getting into their car by like hopping into their car because people wait underneath your car. Um, and there's just like, you could spend an entire probably week on the internet learning things about personal safety from women who have been attacked and it's just absolutely mental because you know as much as you do get 
you get women attacking women, you get women attacking men, you get men attacking men, that sort of stuff. It's that is not covered as much as men attacking women online because it I don't believe it happens as much. Or at least it doesn't happen to the point where people are threatened to leave the house. Um so it's been quite it's been quite a harrowing time for like the last few days. Um and then just to top that off I was on an absolute high from winning the sort of elections and I thought, oh, I'm going to be call screening later so I'll go to Tesco and get some snacks. I live a three minute walk away from Tesco. I live across the road and on my walk there, bearing in mind I've just got like a long sleeve top on, my jeans, completely fine, normal, nothing on show. Two men in a car drove past me and whistled and shouted at me through the window and I was absolutely terrified that I spent like 20 to 25 minutes in the Tesco because I didn't want to leave I didn't want to leave the like well lit building um, but at the same time as that I thought thank god it was just a drive by which is absolutely awful to think that I'm essentially belitting, belittling that experience by thinking oh well you know at least I didn't stop or at least they didn't mm. follow me, which has happened before. I've had people in cars slow down and drive along the side of the road with me while I'm walking to shout, you know, all sorts of sexist abuse at me. So, you know, it's... Do you know what, do you know what really stood really out hard. for me? Obviously, you, you, you had, you know, full disclosure for anyone listening, you had told us about that experience before we... Um, before we went on air tonight, obviously. Um, yeah. But what stood out to me then when you brought, when you reiterated that story and, and retold it there was that you felt the need to have to explain what you were wearing and the fact that you, you, you felt like... Because it, it wouldn't have mattered what you were wearing. It, it shouldn't. No, so I'm it trying shouldn't. to get the right words. It shouldn't have mattered what you were wearing as to whether someone shouted something obscene and, and and disgusting out of their window. Um but that to me just puts something else in my mind where I go, Oh god, that's that's just something else that adds on top of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's diff it's difficult because um like if you'd have sort of seen me in first if anyone who hasn't sort of doesn't know me in person I am quite I'm, I'm talking quite somber at the moment I'm normally a very outgoing person I'm normally a bit flashy a bit mental sort of I've embraced the Geordie stereo Geordie Mackham stereotype of being <laughs> like um inappropriately dressed and not wearing a coat on a night out and things like that and I've worn a lot of you know scandalous looking outfits um none of which should have been caused to harass me, but they have been on a number of occasions. Um, and I just think it's awful that we have to sort of consider what clothes we were wearing to get taken seriously in cases like these. Here's the thing as well, is that um, I, I to to sort of reiterate what Ben said earlier. Um, I thought very similar to what you said. I thought I was quite up and up to date with these sort of things, and I thought I was quite aware of of, of this being a situation that women are, are, are experience, but I didn't quite understand the extent. Um, of say, for example, like the cat calling. Um, I spoke about this um a couple of years ago on the radio actually because um, I I had a female co-presenter and I said that I I wasn't aware that cat calling was really a thing because in my head I go well I'm a I'm a man who doesn't experience cat calling and. I've never done it because I think that's a disgusting thing and I could never imagine myself doing it. So in my world, it just didn't exist. And then I got a really good friend uh, who was my co-presenter and she told me about how 
often she got catcalled, and I, and I just, I just couldn't fathom it because I'm a man because I didn't experience it. And then I've been in relationships since where uh, my my last partner, um, I remember having this same conversation with her when I brought it up to her and I asked her about it because she told me that she'd been catcalled on her way home from work. And I said, you know, how often does this happen? Because I just, not because I'm, not not because I'm saying that it doesn't happen because I know it does, but because I'm just not aware of it because I don't see it because I can't imagine the someone i can't imagine someone like me as a man why they would ever do it and it's disgusting and it's disgraceful and i spoke to her and i said she said oh it happens at least once a fortnight and she said i've sort of become just disillusioned to it now and that just broke my heart and yeah, and then a, hearing it, it from you and and i i it just I think the fair I think so I'm going to be 21 in a yeah. couple of weeks. Um and I think the first time I remember being catcalled was when I was 60. I mean I'd I'd had sort of um I'd had I dealt with sexual harassment and I dealt with rape before then but that was sort of from um I mean this is another kettle of fish entirely in that obviously um there are plenty of cases where you know your attacker or your sort of rapist. Um, mm. I'd experienced sexual harassment and rape when I was 14 um, by my boyfriend at the time. Um, but I think the first time I was catcalled, I was 16, um, and I was just wearing jeans and a T-shirt, and I was going into Huddersfield Town Centre to just do some shopping in, in Kingsgate, um, and I had like this 40 year old man wolf whistle at me and call me sexy as I was walking past him um in in the busy town center and not you know no one did anything no one said anything and I just had to walk past him and just pretend that he'd not said it but it was scary for a 16 year old and since then um it scares me every time it happens um but I'm kind of used to it because uh, that's like five years of being verbally harassed by people, random people that you've not met. Happens a lot on nights out. I've been groped a lot on nights out. Just, you know, completely. I'll be dancing with my friends, minding my business, and someone will come up behind me and grab me, um, which is also awful. Um, but it's it's got to a point where, and I think a lot of women... Um, it's got to a point where you just get used to it, which is absolutely awful. Yeah. That's... It's hard to find the words to say because it's... It's just yeah. genuinely upsetting to hear that. Uh, you know, and, and when it's someone that you... <laughs> And it hits even closer when it's someone that you like call a friend and you your or family and you you felt like you knew and you were aware, but I it's, I think there's a lot yeah. of men out there now that are having to reassess things and reassess things that they've heard their friends say and reassess how they go about life and and it's and it's well needed. Yeah, it's it's um it's difficult. I think although I do think and this might sound very I think sometimes I say things and I understand not I don't agree with the not all men thing, but I understand why people say it and it's because I will say things that are quite out there about it. But some men who do these things are never ever ever going to change. Regard like I, you know, if I was to advise men on what to do um, to sort of stop this from happening is, you know, talk to your friends, confront them when they say something that's like sexist or, you know, rapey, confront them um, in terms of the like physical aspects, the whole crossing the street thing. Um, I and many other women on the internet have sort of said that a man on the phone is significantly less threatening than um, than a man just sort of walking on his own in the quiet. 
like if you make noise, if you're walking behind a woman at night and you don't plan on attacking her, um, make some noise to suggest that you're there. So if you ring a friend or even pretend to ring a friend, um, just so that we know that you're there, that's genuinely less threatening. I've, um, I've experienced, I've done this before, and it's a it's a subconscious thing that I think I've done without actually why I've done it because I was so worried about walking behind someone at night or you know in the evening and I was worried that they would think that you know something was going to happen so I'd distance myself from them um I don't know if that was the right thing to do but that's you know I mean I always think subconsciously about the, there's a John Mulaney sketch about how he was behind a woman at night um, going towards a train station and um, she picked up some speed um, and he assumed that the train was coming so he also picked up some speed um, and he was like, oh, I didn't realise at the time that that was definitely not what I should have done. Um, mm. And it, it's funny, but at the same time I'm like, I get, I kind of understand the not all men movement, but you know it as women we can't tell which one is you know we can't tell if you're being clueless but if one out of ten are a you know for for, as blunt as possible a predator a rapist an abuser a creep then it, it doesn't like you say you can't tell and that's that's kind of that's something that stuck with me over the last couple of days reading this I, I think i've read similar threads to you on twitter about like you know how can men feel make women feel more comfortable if you like walking behind them at night and there's such simple things like hayden mentioned there like you know going on your phone i had someone say like you know just make noise so that they mm. don't think that you're sneaking up on them um and it makes me think back to times where I've been walking at night and I've been, you know, walking behind uh, a, a, a woman and just not done these things because it just because it's not something that we've ever talked about and other men should talk to other men about this and go, hey guys, here's this tip, let's do this, you know, you need to do this because it because it helps and it, yeah. Yeah, I have, I mean, I've been, especially in sort of first year of uni, I was going out a lot and I was walking back to my flat from Sunderland City Centre, which is um, not advised, but, you know, it was only a five minute walk and most of the time I was walking with friends, but I didn't even really mind walking back by myself because it's quite well lit, but it's always really quiet. Um, If you walk back at like three in the morning from the main high street where all the nightclubs are to where my flat was um it's really well lit but it's silent um and i if i was walking on my own would check over my shoulder every like 30 seconds or something just to make sure that i wasn't being followed um and then i got followed in a car by three men who just shouted stuff at me and i will not walk on my own anywhere <laughs> anywhere ever again in the dark because it was awful and I had fortunately at that time I was with a couple of friends but they could have very it was me and two girlfriends and they very much could have taken us if they'd have wanted to um I think they were just there to shout abuse at us but I I I would never do that again because it's dangerous and um the Sarah Everard stuff just sort of elevates that in that we aren't safe to walk in the dark anywhere, particularly, you know, regardless of all the safety tips, um, you, you, you're still in danger. Before we bring in our next caller, and, I'd, and I know that I want him to um, continue this conversation with you, uh, Molly, so I kind of want you to lead on it if you if you are, are up for that. Um, yeah. I do want to sort of like a little bit of a final input from me on it is that right if you sat out there thinking well it's not all men, then it might not be all men, but it is some men. It doesn't matter and, if it's and that not sh- all men. And that- it's not all men, but it is men. 
essentially, if I give you a bowl of chips and tell you one of them's poisoned, are you going to eat the chips without thinking about them first? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Let's bring in our next caller. Uh, Molly, say hello to Martin. Hey, Martin. How you doing, <laughs> Molly? Okay. How you doing, guys? Hi, Martin. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, what uh, what, 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 what are you thinking, Martin? What's on your mind? Um, well, earlier on um, this morning, I was quite touched with, with um, uh, what's happened with, with Sarah Everard um, uh, for two reasons. Um, the first was because, yet again, another violent crime against a woman. And um, in this area, we're just getting over the, the Libby Squire death. And this, the guy that was stalking and he's been convicted and everything, I don't know if you know anything about it. <clears throat> um, but with this particular instance, um, <laughs> the best way to explain it is I've got a nine-year-old daughter, um, and having a daughter with my wife has been difficult for my wife. Um, my my wife was abused along with her sisters from quite a young age with their um, stepfather. And this all came up when he first started dating. And I went to the police um, and, uh, and informed what was going on. And then the whole process started from there. It resulted in him getting a conviction that tallied up to 57 years, which he served 11 years. Um, uh, <laughs> that was difficult enough. And it opened up my eyes to... to so many different things, um, but the problem I have now is I am a stay-at-home dad. I, my job is normally in entertainment, is working in the evening, and so therefore it is my job um, to bring up my daughter, and it has been since she was three months when my wife went back to work. With the problems that my wife has had to go through with counselling and other things, it's always a horrible thought in the back of her mind um, that, you know, at home with me. And the fact that she trusts me doesn't stop those little faults that she has to shake off. That takes us to what Molly's saying. It's every man that they look at, that, you, that, that women look at, it's every man has that possibility. <clears throat> with the other part with what's happened with, with, um, with um, Sarah is the crime possibly, because no charge has been made, was committed by a police officer. The person we teach our daughters to run to, if they can. If there's a problem, the person that's supposed to be there as a guardian, a safe haven, an escape, a person that they can approach if something has happened, like my wife spent a year in interviews with the police officers um, for, it was the child support services because when she reported the crime she was um, 16. Um, I reported it, um, and obviously she continued, and her sisters were um, 18 months and three months younger. The trust of sitting in that room to report all that, and the turmoil of going through the, the, the whole court case uh, affected everybody. It changed my opinion in lots of different ways, but I have, over the 20 years we've been together, disassociated myself from people that I feel were um, inappropriate towards their attitude towards women. doesn't mean that I've blindsided myself and, and blinkered myself to the fact that it goes on. It's the fact that I won't associate. I've also... I think the, I think sorry. the women in your life will appreciate that. It's, it's done because... 
A, because I don't feel comfortable in those surroundings and never have. And uh, my uh, father and mother split up when I was five. Uh, I won't go into details there, but he wasn't exactly the greatest person within a marriage. He was a great dad, but he wasn't great within a marriage. Uh, and um, we spent, uh, up until I was sort of 10, before my mum felt comfortable enough to enter into a relationship. And um, the man she's with has been fantastic. <laughs> He's an absolutely wonderful person. And he wouldn't associate in any way like that. My grandfather, on my mother's side, was just an, an amazing person, had the consideration towards... Um, he, he was the youngest of, of, of 12 kids, and most of his uh, siblings were girls. He had seven mothers, <laughs> you know? So he was there at the receiving end of, of any problems they had throughout their marriages as he was growing up. You know, they were all married by the time he, he was leaving school. <laughs> so I've been lucky to have that background. So it also means that there's a background that's involved in this. If you're like, if you are violent or abusive or whatever you may be that's, that's not appropriate towards your mothers, your sisters, your, you're never going to be with your wife, you're never going to be with your girlfriends, and the children you bring up are going to grow up in that environment, we need to start educating, not by saying, not all men, and uh, um, um, posting yourself up on a big board saying, I'm not one of these men. You are. We all are one of these men. End of story. But we were not bought up by one of those men, so we don't live like one of those men, and so we don't treat you as a woman like one of those men. Education has to start in so many different levels. Home life is a big part of it. The biggest heartbreak for me with what happened with my wife was I employed her, her stepfather. I socialised with her stepfather. And then that came out. My point being in that statement is we don't always know, even ourselves as men, that they are one of those men. And so we now find ourselves having to look at everybody don't we i mean um, i think it is sort of it is sort of important to realize that you you know this there's this whole not all men thing and then there's this let's look at our friends and see if they show the behaviors of, of of a predator um it is also i know this is all this is almost going to sound like a controversial thing to say in light of all what's going on but it is also important to sort of you, so long as you're not doing the behaviour and so long as you are checking your friends, it's okay if you don't sort of pick it up straight away. What is more what is more important if you don't pick it up straight away is if those behaviours start coming to light, if you start noticing, then is the time to, like, you, you're not going to know straight off the bat. That's sort of the whole point of the, the, the women not trusting men exactly, thing is yeah. we obviously have our guard up. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna know straight away whether someone's a predator or not, um, and you know that goes the same for your male friends. Your male friends might come across fine. They might do absolutely none of the behaviours, but as soon as they do, that's the time to move. We need to be moving as soon as we spot it. Um, I had a discussion with a lecturer um, this afternoon about how um, we were talking. We were just we were talking about Piers Morgan and about how he had got. I can't remember her name, um, but one of the reporters to stand up and do a spin because she was wearing a dress, which means it's nearly summer. I think he did that on Tuesday. Um, and he, he literally made her stand up and just do a spin on telly to show off her legs. Um, and we were, we were talking about that and I had to sort of raise the point that that's not okay. It's like, it's 2021, it's not okay now, but it also hasn't been okay for years we, we shouldn't well, be shouldn't doing that sort of thing instigated, Molly, should it? it shouldn't have been instigated if the co-presenter wanted to say hey check out what i'm going to be wearing for summer that's fine 
Charlotte, Charlotte Hawkins, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I understand, but she, it should be instigated by herself. It shouldn't be instigated by him. Yeah, and the, the, the lecturer that I was discussing it with, and I don't, I'm not going to badmouth him because he, he did have some, he had some good points in my lecture. We discussed, you know, Harry and Meghan, we discussed Piers Morgan, that sort of stuff. But he did say, um, and I, I'm not, I don't know verbatim, but he essentially said that that was part of Piers' Piers's stick. Like, he's done that for years. And that sort of. Yeah, and it's, it's, um, I don't, that doesn't sit right with me personally. Um, and I don't think it should sit right with many people that we, it's, it's excusing behaviors, um, that do show sort of predatory, um, it's saying things like, oh, it's just, it's just what he does. It's just who he is. That sort of stuff is excusing the behaviors that essentially turn into, your sexual assault, your sexual harassment, your rape cases, is if you excuse that constantly, um, then they just think that they're going to get away with it. Um, so and also you know, just here's... just saying that just saying that something is the done shtick is it, it goes back to the days of going oh well you know black and white minstrel shows used to be the done thing on telly, but you know what they're not anymore because we realise that they're wrong. I was going to bring up a similar point. Um, um, uh, was it uh, Fashion who came out is he, uh, as, as a publicly gay footballer um, about 20 years ago, probably longer. And he took a lot of barricade and everything from it, and the excuse at the time was, oh, well, you know, supporters barrack the players. That's the way they do it, you know. And... <laughs> And this is after we were we we were supposedly trying to clamp down on the barricade of footballers of different colour, you know. Um, but the interesting point was, that I'm making with that was, did you know that since fashion year, I think nearly thirty years ago, if I may be if I may be corrected if I'm wrong there, nearly thirty years ago he came out as an openly gay man, a professional footballer. He is the only footballer since who has come out. Because it was allowed to be acceptable of, oh, well, it's their thing. It's not right, is it? In, in, in any walk. You know, no, crime yeah. Crime against women has never been right. No, no matter what the... It's just, sorry. No, sorry, go on. No, no, sorry, carry on, Molly. Uh, well, yeah, so essentially no matter what you... Yeah, times have changed. You know, we're not. We you shouldn't be racist. You shouldn't be homophobic. You shouldn't be sexist. That sort of, you know, it should be the done thing, but we shouldn't really be excusing behaviour um, that showcases those aspects. Um, whether whether that is through sort of uh, tormenting gay football players or. Uh, making women show off parts of their body Which on telly without of our band Molly for being inappropriate. Which yeah, and I, I band, think you know, and and and, and with the, they could be quite close personal friends in that working environment. The band is is almost another family, and we have sacked members of our band because of it. I'm so um, proud of you for yeah. that because that's just that is what we need. We need to stop. Regardless of who the personality is, they could be mega, mega famous, they could get away with anything, they could essentially believe that they're above the law because they can pay people off, whatever whatever the case is, we need to just stop, we need to just stop them, whether that's firing them or not giving them a platform or, you know, that sort of, putting them, you know, rapists and harassers and that sort of stuff, put them in prison. <laughs> Somebody um, made a comment today on the television. I can't remember the woman's name. I hope she forgives me for that. I don't think she's ever going to know. And she said, there are more resources, understandably to some degree, that there are more resources and education placed into the avoidance of radicalisation of terrorism than there has been in generations towards crime against 
women. And also, um, was it Ben made a point, you know, with it being International Women's Day and Mother's Day approaching, etc. The, the recent survey yesterday, the, 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 the high percentage of furloughed workers were women. The education at home fell on to the women as well as running the home. Um, I mean, I've been in a similar position because I'm a home husband. <laughs> and I've had to try and struggle somewhere with the education of my daughter. And, and, and it's, it's hard work. And, and have to do the other things as well. So why is this still happening? Um, it, it's almost as if the whole women's liberation uh, in, in the tail of the 60s and, and throughout the 70s uh, was sort of just passed off as a a fad. It will pass off. It, it will go. It's never truly taken seriously. There's always sound bites about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and how they're going to help. And it's still tantamount to nothing. You know, and it's... Yeah, I... Yeah. I personally have never sort of experienced education or support regarding... Exactly. Um, regarding sort of I've received plenty of support and education around how to avoid being harassed and raped um you get that every single day from um from your parents from teachers from the internet plenty of different tips and tricks I've seen self-defense videos I've practiced self-defense um my dad when I used to visit him often was a bouncer so that sort of worked out because he was like there will be men in your life who um or there will be men in life who will try to attack you here I'll show you some moves and I would regularly get my head um punched because I'd missed uh, Mr Duck but I've had plenty of experience and plenty of education on how to avoid being raped and harassed but I have never, ever, ever sat in sort of a class or read particular um, bits of information on how to teach people, like men, boys, to not do that. Um, it needs to it, it's only recently that I've sort of seen things that are like, please teach your boys not to rape girls. Um, but when I was sort of starting on the internet when I was back and I was 13 and whatever... Um, there was nothing like that. And there I There was a campaign, wasn't there? Sorry, there was a campaign, wasn't there? No means no. It was an advertisement campaign uh, that went on. Um, but that's kind of as far as it went. Do you recall the no mean no adverts? Yeah, so I I appreciate the notion of no means no. It it says a lot, but I also but no think and this is, is for this is for all any men listening to this. Um who might sort of have it skewed about consent. Um, I hope that you don't. I hope that you understand consent. I shouldn't be sat here as a 20-year-old 20, 20 um, uni student telling you what consent is. But, you know, if you, if anyone's skewed, no means no. That's obvious. We, we say that. If someone says, no, I don't want to do it, you don't do it. But also, um, there are many different times and places where you can tell that someone's not giving you consent without saying no. A lot yeah. of the times, you know, making making sort of excuses, oh, I've got a headache, I don't fancy it, or, you know, I'm on my period, I don't want to do it, or even just sort of body language. If, if someone's not openly inviting you to do what you're about to do, then don't do it. Um, exactly. Which So I appreciated the No Means No campaign, and I... Back when it sort of first took off, I would tweet and I'd whatever the tweet equivalent of being on Tumblr is, and that sort of stuff. I would I was very much for the No Means No campaign, and then I thought back to my own experiences, where a lot of the times I didn't necessarily say no, but I didn't want it to happen, and I didn't know how to say I didn't really necessarily know how to stop it from happening, um, and I thought about it and I thought you know what No Means No isn't enough anymore, no it's um, not because people people will go, oh, well, she didn't fight back and just excuse that, that as, the point you know, I was making. Content. They made this no, no means no campaign and there was no follow-up. There's been no education with it. I, my daughter has, has, never, has never 
uh, been taken to one side in a, in a classroom and asked, did you feel uncomfortable uh, in any way or to go through the process? The, you know, they still teach stranger danger and go and see a policeman, but they never ask if you feel comfortable in, in, in a particular environment. Um, I know that my daughter was uncomfortable with what, one young lad in her class and he, she just described him as a bit weird. And I said, well, what can we do about it? And she said, oh, no, it's fine. He's just a bit weird. Um, you know, we don't know what his home life is and what the background is or anything like that. Um, I had a little chat. The teacher just said, that's fine. We're, we're organised something. And she no longer sits next to him. And other children that have sat next to him have been quite comfortable. So it was obviously just a difference of personality. But it took a little while for me to find out what the problem was, because she'd never been um, she'd never been asked in school, she, and, and she'd never taught in school like yourself. It was never there. There was no follow up to no means no. It was it was just at home, wasn't it? It was what you were taught at home and the tricks that you have to learn and what your friends pass on to you, etc. My memory of learning consent in school, um, and I remember this very clearly, so obviously we had sex education, and I think sex education probably still, well, definitely still exists. I don't know if it's gotten any better since I had it. Um, I've obviously been out of school for a few years. Um, But consent was one lesson, and consent was one lesson taught by a YouTube video that remains to be almost a British classic at this point. Um, I've seen many a meme about it every single, you know, I see a meme about it nearly every week. Um, and it's the tea video um, of like, if someone's unconscious, don't make them drink the tea. Um, oh, and I, I really hope that other people know what I'm referencing here because otherwise it's going to be lost on <laughs> the listeners. But there is a, there's a video out on YouTube. It's, it's like a drawn, um, it's like a sketchbook style drawing of teaching consent through a cup of tea um, for anyone who doesn't know it. And it's, you know, if someone says they don't want tea, don't make them drink the tea. If someone is unconscious, don't make them drink the tea, that sort of stuff. Um, but that was a that was a laughing stock moment when we were in school. People were like, yeah. oh, why would you give an unconscious person tea? And no one really took into consideration the actual meaning behind the... Um, the video and we were we were what 16 something like that we we knew how to read into things we'd done english we'd read of mice and men but that one video because of the format and because of how almost childish the format is um we just sort of laughed it off but if they'd have sat and talked to us more about consent in a more realistic and a more adult way then it might have sunk a bit better well this is the thing isn't it you, you can't always teach children uh, like you can't always treat children like children all of my four children have been treated like small adults you know if they really don't want to do something I don't mean cleaning their room but if they really don't want to do something they shouldn't be coerced in any way shape or form and I am proud of the fact that all of my kids when they say no about anything they mean, no, not I'll think about it. Um, I don't know how, I'm, I'm not unique, uh, but something needs to change, and, 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 and I agree, guys, it changes with us. You know, it changes with us, all of us, it changes with us. Um, yeah. To sit back and say, I'm not one of those men, because I am, I'm a man. End of story. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen a lot of discussion about how, um, you know, you can ask, obviously, I'm sat here, I've been sat here for like an hour now discussing this with three men. Um, but I've, I've seen a lot of discussion about how these types of these types of discussions, they, they do need to happen with women, because we will tell you all our personal experiences. But they also do need to happen between men without sort of a, a female moderator because that is the way, you know, you, you talk to your friends differently 
to how you would almost in a debate style format with a woman um goalkeeper almost um these discussions need to happen outside of female spaces they need to happen between men because that is how we will change things um, and I really, really hope that the Sarah Everard stuff actually brings that to light, and I really hope that people don't just brush it under the rug. A huge thank you to Molly for quite off-the-cuff and unplanned uh, taking on that conversation and leading us through that final hour of the Bedtime Babylon on Thursday night. I think it was a really important conversation to be had, and if you've got anything that you would like to add to the conversation, the Bedtime Babylon airs every Tuesday and Thursday on Spark from 10pm till 1am. The number to call is 0191 359 2459 and we would love to hear from you. Now obviously we've spoken about many important issues surrounding sexual abuse, harassment and mental health and if you need support there is always people out there to contact. The Samaritans are available on 116 123 and always have someone available to talk. There is also a refuge charity on 0808 2000 247. Also look into Women's Aid, Victim Support, The Survivors Trust and Survivors UK. You're not alone.